think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh, and then they stoop so low as to just blame shoulder pads for injuries. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when they were like, it's not fighting, it's shoulder pads. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. And then uh, wrapping it off with the sob story of like, oh, hockey sucks now. Everything's changed. You can't just kill people on the ice anymore. It's all sucks now. It was like the, the unbelievable cherry on top. Like I, I kind of switched my thinking halfway through this and, and started just like almost considering it as a mockumentary. It was just so far out of base. So if you are listening to this on the Ballot feed, we're just going to keep chugging. If you're listening to this on the Brews and Bruins feed, welcome to our third episode of season three. Um, maybe oh, you have shitty, dumb seasons know. on that podcast too? Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we had like 30 episodes in season one. And then season two was 84 episodes just for no reason. Nice. <laughs> A nice um, even 84. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about Goon and Ice Guardians, and then we're going to go through our uh, awards and also maybe play a game with Nate at, yeah. at some point and, and see what uh, see how he does at that, being the least hockey guy out of the... Spoiler alert, five not well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like we should probably introduce ourselves because this is the new podcast. Uh, I am Zach. I am from Chris's other podcast, Ballot. I'm Nate. I'm also from Chris's other podcast, Ballot. Unless you're Gabe, as our only <laughs> listener, in which case I'm I'm Nate. You know Nate. I do love selling Ballot as the podcast that has one listener. Um, no, Gabe. Gabe is what we call all of our listeners on that podcast. Um, I'm Chris. I'm the host of both of these podcasts, but also sometimes I'm not the host of both of these podcasts because we rotate on both of them. Um, but I'm hosting this one, and wow, just unlucky for for you who have tuned into this. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about Goon. That was, uh, I guess, technically mm. my my choice. Um, story of a small town bouncer who uh, gets recruited to play hockey because they have a an oft injured former hockey star who plays tentatively because he doesn't have an enforcer on his team. Uh, and so they bring in the bouncer, Doug Glatt, uh, <laughs> to come in and protect him. It's a um, movie. 
this is uh, I, I've watched this movie once. Uh, I didn't rewatch it for this podcast. I did not need to. I was good. Um, I didn't think uh, that was a good thing for my health to do. Um, I think like it, is, it, that, is that because it, you think that every time that you watch the movie that Sean William Scott is actually getting punched in the head? I, I think it's just it, it makes me feel like I'm getting punched in the head. Like I just think. It's trying to do what Slapshot did, which is just like, let's be funny. And there's going to be a lot of like punching and stuff. And it's going to be funny. And it is. There's some good jokes in there. It, it, it did make me laugh when I watched it. But it was just like, I don't know. I think also it left a bad taste in my mouth that they made a television show a couple years later. And that was horrible i watched two episodes it was the worst <laughs> fucking shit ever um if you like the movie you don't watch that because it'll absolutely ruin it for you too what, what if you didn't like the movie also don't watch it I assume. <laughs> it, it, it can be even it, you'll hate it even more somehow like it, you might think it's the worst piece of cinema you've ever seen and then wait till you watch the tv show which doesn't have any of the original actors, but basically the same exact character. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I uh, I didn't hate this movie. I thought it was totally fine. Um, I would love to scrub Jerry Baruchel's character out of existence from this movie. And coming from up. the subsequent <laughs> for a lot of awards. Um, but, like, I, I think it's a total turn-your-brain-off, uh, you know, 2010s comedy. Um, there are some funny moments, a lot of like jokes that don't land, but it, it, it kind of is what it is for me. I didn't, you know, think too much into it. Um, there's a lot of weird, like either homophobia or acceptance of gay people in this movie, which I was not expecting going into it. It, it's, it's, it's weird. It's doing a weird two-step with that. Where I, I, you're it, kinda, it, it's it's never clear if they're like uh, like what 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 the thesis is with that, or if they're totally grasping it, or it's a weird it's a weird dance. To and, me, it, yeah. it felt like they were trying to justify one by using the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think like other than Jay Baruchel, I think the performances are like totally fine. Sean William Scott's pretty good. Um, Lee F. Schreiber is like I, I actually like him in this movie. I think yeah, Lee F. Schreiber is like, great. Yeah, oh no, good. he's fantastic. Uh, Allison Pill has a super thankless role, but I think she does it well. Um, and yeah, it's it's a pretty good comedy, and the, the hockey is not as good, but not terrible in this. Still, I'm gonna like big time kind of disagree there. <laughs> I as somebody who like grew up like just pretty much obsessing over hockey. This is one of those movies that I feel like a lot of like, I don't know, just people would like, I, I always heard if of it. You can you know just I mean? say was, me. And no, I don't <laughs> even want to say that. I just think like it was a movie that was thrown at me a lot. And I kind of had always resisted because I felt like it was going to be like a shallow movie in general. And then I watched it and I, it pretty much hit all the things that I was expecting it to, in terms of it being shallow. I thought there were some attempts at comedy in kind of like the, Will Ferrell, John C. Riley uh, universe, but it, I don't think many of them landed. Um, I think it was kind of trying to blend that with, like Drew said, kind of a ripoff of Slapshot, but make it just kind of like a an almost like masturbatory celebration of like macho man hockey violence and trying to apply that to things that like 
didn't really apply, which we'll get to a lot more next movie. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just I I felt like it was like the things that, as a diehard hockey fan, I feel like I don't appreciate about like casual people looking at hockey. Which not to offend anyone here who might be a casual fan, because I you know gatekeeping is the last thing you want to do here. But I feel like a lot of people who run with the like oh, hockey is just about fighting narrative. This gives a lot of credence to that and doesn't do a particularly good job of making up for it in comedy. So, um, whereas Slapshot, on the other hand, is like glorifying that violence, but does so in a very, like, I think, well-done comedic way. I feel like Goon was just kind of lacking that comedic depth or or really a strong storyline to kind of back it up. But if you're looking for a... I, I will say, like, it was a kind of turn-your-brain-off movie, and I have some other friends who are, are similar hockey fans and do like it, so maybe if, if that's the kind of movie you're going for, then I think it does sort of fit that bill. Yeah, I mean, so I I like the character of Doug Glatt, and I think Sean William Scott does a pretty good job of being, like, just kind of an adorable dumbass um, who's, like, just kind of, like, a sweet... It, it, it's, a, it's a trope, for sure, just, like, sweet dude who uh, they has make these, him- just, like monster so fists but like those people exist <laughs> it's uh, yeah I, so i i like coming the in hot with the takes <laughs> i i like the character um i i I'm, I'm on board with zach where i think the movie's fine um it it wasn't uh so i the first time i watched this i i was living with my buddy carrie and he used to be a bouncer at a bar uh and so he he kind of loved the idea of a a bouncer like becoming a hockey player just out of the ability to fight uh and and watching it with that frame of mind and and like that character uh i i enjoyed it at the time and the second time watching it just like how few jokes landed for me kind of uh you know diminished my enjoyment of the film and uh the the hockey's fine i think i think it looks pretty good um there's we'll we'll get to we'll get to some of it in the game that we're gonna play with nate but there are some things that i have issues with um (laughs) but i I did want to mention that uh i watched this with with kat silverman our collective dear friend um and she wanted it to be known that the depiction of goalies in this film is uh very accurate uh, Chris, awesome. I need you to stop bringing up collective. It's it, it can't cross over. <laughs> yeah. Boy, if you guys want to see a movie about <laughs> Romanian healthcare, <laughs> go check out Collective. You want to see a movie that makes me feel the same way I felt after watching Goon? <laughs> um, my my biggest thing with the, the two biggest takeaways for me were that I feel like. Uh, I need to give Seth Rogen more credit um, because uh, so this movie was written by uh, Evan Goldberg, uh, who is like Seth Rogen's go-to partner. Um, And uh, I often credited him as like, oh, he must be kind of the brains behind some of that stuff because, you know, Seth Rogen's more out in front. And this didn't have Seth Rogen and look at what happened. So I, I kind of feel like that's, you know, a little bit of credence there. I, I agree that Leah Schreiber was probably my favorite part of the movie. I, I thought he was really good and added like a, a level of humanity to the film that I wasn't really expecting or getting from other places. I also think it's worth looking at his uh, run of films in the run up to this because his filmography uh, takes something of a turn before coming back out and when he's in spotlight. 
he goes from uh, Defiance, which was uh, ostensibly like a pseudo prestige movie with uh, Daniel Craig, um, to X Men Origins Wolverine, Taking Woodstock, Every Day, Repo Men, Salt, and then Goon. Wow, and then he comes out of that. <laughs> it's just a t- so this was he was in a in a he, real dip. And he then point. did movie 43. movie forty three. Yeah, exactly. When did uh, Roy Donovan start? Or Ray Donovan? What the fuck is that show? Ray Donovan. Uh, that's a good question. It, I would guess it was around this time. Um, oh no, it was it was a few. It was two years after he got into Ray Donovan. Two years afterwards, and then was in. Um, like was on Bojack Horseman a little bit was you know was kind of hopping between things. So um, when did yeah. he start uh, uh, doing the VO for Hard Knocks? Because I feel like that's when he uh, his career really turned around. Really, it really spiked back up. Yeah, honestly, nobody has a sexier voice than Liev Schreiber. <laughs> he's, I think he's a phenomenal actor. I I think he might be my favorite actor in Spotlight. I think he's unbelievable in that. He's good. Um, um, I mean, Michael Keaton erasure. That's uh, not Michael take. Keaton erasure. I love Michael Keaton. I think Liam Schreiber is the best actor in that movie. Um, is gives the best performance. Uh, I, but again, I, I, <laughs> small sidetrack. Yes. Uh, Let's argue it, about 2015 movie. <laughs> Spotlight. Check out our Lottie's episode. Um, Spotlight. The I, if you want to listen film. to four hours of 2015 movies, go check out our Lottie's episode. Yeah, this was just one of those movies that I, I think, uh, as we've talked about on our podcast before, like, I think this brand of comedy, if it doesn't, if it isn't at the sort of upper echelon of this brand of comedy, isn't really my wheelhouse for stuff. And so that combined with some of the problematic stuff combined with some of the just kind of like pacing that was all over the place and like the mechanics of the movie just kind of falling flat, just like this doesn't work for me. This is not my type of thing. Um and, and I think if you change a part of that, if you have like a few more compelling performances or a better paced thing or a little bit funnier or about a sport that I'm like immediately more in the pocket of, I might, it might, I might have more nostalgia for it or some more sort of connection to it because none of those things really lined up. It just, you know, was a movie and, and I don't really feel I need to spend any more time with it. No, um, Zach, I think it was you who had said, you know, it's kind of just that brand of comedy, like 2010s or 2010s or mm-hmm. whatever you call that decade. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think you also mentioned like, you know, Will Farrell as a name or maybe it was somebody else. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, like, yeah, it felt like a Will Farrell movie, but Will Farrell wasn't in it. So it wasn't good. Yeah, that stereotypical yet legendary actor of that specific kind of kind of comedy brand of comedy to be in it to really deliver um chris i know you think like the guy really delivered as the main character and i think he did based on what that character was written to be um i wish the character was written a little better and also it was yeah, and also it had that star power, like that Will Farrell behind it. Maybe I, actually, I would like to see Will Farrell do like a kicking and screaming, but it's hockey. I think that would be fucking hilarious. He's heard be... <laughs> yeah, I. So it's weird. Like Sean William Scott is like the straight man in this movie. Yeah, but at the same time, he's incredibly stupid. Mm-hmm. It, it like it's weird. I like the. Usually when a comedy is centered around a, a straight man, 
all the other people are zany, but it's really only Jay Baruchel who's zany. And he fucking... And that, yeah, terrible. that's a word for it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. It's also like, I, I, it seems almost like they knew that they couldn't make the joke that he was... They knew! <laughs> they knew, Bobby! Um, Not, we can't come back to Spotlight. Um, Thank but, you for listening to our Spotlight podcast. It like it because it, it plays that way where it's, they never go so far into the he's an idiot right like as the butt of all the jokes which is for the best that's like I'm glad that they were we were at that point in the 2010s that they knew that that was not the move and also because of that he's playing the straight man but not a straight man with depth or a compelling thing and also not one who's surrounded by other people like it just it doesn't there's not the variance between the characters and there's not enough sort of like definitionally interesting shit going on with the people in the movie again other than Liam Schreiber kind of and he's just playing Sabretooth so yeah I mean like Allison Pill isn't asked to do anything in this movie no like is she supposed to like she's just a love interest with no real characteristics other than she's into hockey players yeah she's promiscuous that's like her character arc yeah Um, she's also kind of just like the that character from Slapshot. Uh, yeah. Totally. It's, it's basically a facsimile. Totally. Um, I will say I did kind of chuckle when he was talking about how often trash gets blown into his face. <laughs> but I mean, the scene where trash does get blown into his face also very funny. <laughs> but yeah, weird movie. Yeah. Uh, not a fantastic movie. Um, no, that's speaking very of subpar. not a fantastic movie, uh, <laughs> it's a bad drama, but it's a documentary, so that doesn't matter. Ice Guardians. That's my defense. Uh, <laughs> a, a Ice Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, uh, documentary what film one? about uh, enforcers in the NHL. Um, Cam. Want to lead us off on this one? You watched yeah, it today. I, I do, I do want to go last as I feel like I'm going to be the only one defending. And I, <laughs> as the defense, uh, I think the prosecution <laughs> needs to go first. Are you the enforcer? No, I am the. I think he was going for a law metaphor. I am the guardian <laughs> of this. I'm bringing would, it law, would law be better yeah, with this? the enforcers. <laughs> I am the guardian. <laughs> Consult the uh, the video for uh, the Run the Jewels video for whatever that fucking song is. I'll cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in. Uh, anyway, Cam, go ahead. Oh, God. Um, first of all, that's necessary. <laughs> I don't even know where to start here. Um, I will say if, if Goon is a masturbatory celebration of unnecessary hockey violence, then Ice Guardians is like the world's largest circle jerk uh, <laughs> regarding <laughs> unnecessary hockey violence. It was, it is like essentially an hour and a half long or hour 40, whatever. Hour 48. Completely, oh, hour 48 of completely one-sided propaganda about why hockey requires unnecessary violence in order to survive. And, uh, First of all, every single argument that was made split up by cheesy, like just, just one word or two words, like <laughs> title cards that looked like they were made on like Microsoft PowerPoint in like, twenty minutes. Real, uh, the substitute was in by like Jerome McGinley, who apparently I was I was very sad yeah. to see was partially behind this film. 
it was just every single argument was just a complete logical fallacy. There was no like reasonable argument made. It was pretty much just entirely, oh, what if arguments or just completely misguided and not based in, in any actual fact. Uh, I mean, it pretty much started out with people like trying to take credit for Wayne Gretzky's career <laughs> and how none of these all great <laughs> players would be even good at hockey if it weren't for some fucking goon who had to like end five people's life with concussions every game in order to like stay in the league. Uh, they, they consulted whatever is the, the Canadian actor as the voice of authority on this because there's clearly not too many people who would actually uh, be able to back <laughs> this up with any statistical evidence or facts. Uh, their thought of like I, I, their line of thinking there was just like, oh, he's Canadian. He must be a voice of authority on hockey. Uh, <laughs> and then it goes on to just like, again, the, the logical fallacies in this argument that are just like, oh, most concussions aren't even fighting. So clearly two guys just standing there <laughs> beating each other to a pulp <laughs> every night on a hard sheet of ice isn't that bad while also glorifying how violent it is. Like trying to make both of those arguments at the same time was absolutely absurd. Uh, and then they stooped so low as to just blame shoulder pads for injuries. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when they were like, it's not fighting, it's shoulder pads. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then uh, wrapping it off with the sob story of like, oh, hockey sucks now. Everything's changed. You can't just kill people on the ice anymore. It's all sucks now. It was like the, the unbelievable cherry on top. Like I, I kind of switched my thinking halfway through this and, and started just like almost considering it as a mockumentary because it was just so far out of base. Uh, it looked like, like you see news stories that are just completely one-sided and cherry-picked and not, like they they try to act like they're presenting both sides because they bring in like one doctor-looking guy who like kind of argues against fighting, but then somehow swings back in the direction of like arguing for it. It's just, it, it missed on every level and it was just an hour 48 of just unnecessary arguments and like, again, arguing for like the worst side of hockey that it requires just gorish violence in order to be a, a good sport, which is just flat out false it's the pandemic of uh <laughs> of hockey films <laughs> I, I pretty much uh, i texted chris and zach uh i was i was the last one of of the three of us to watch this so i was kind of live texting it as i was going through and i think i distinctly remember texting at the moment when i was like oh i get it the problem is the pads okay cool cool good to, <laughs> good to know glad we could clear that up um yeah i i I felt like it, I mean, it, it reads as propaganda film, like pretty much right out the gate. I don't have as strong, because I'm not as well-versed in the sport, I don't have as strong a position in terms of the value of fighting, again, aside from NHL hits, which, you know, fucking love that shit. <laughs> but like within the reality of the sport, I don't have a, a strong position on whether it's a valuable thing, whether it's a problematic thing, other than, you know, basic concussion protocol stuff. Um, but I just felt like I was being gaslit watching this movie, like very aggressively. <laughs> and so I pretty quickly started having an issue with that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even about like, you could have tricked me into it. It would have been fine. But the second you have Jay Barshell pop up and be like, yeah, well, like everybody has their opinion. And then these people come in and they try and bring facts into it and they think that makes their opinion right and then i was like all right uh, fuck you sir like no 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 no. i've heard this shit in too many settings that's not gonna work and the dude the, the like psychologist who came in who was like well actually <laughs> the enforcer is the most ethical and most loyal member of the tribe i was like what is happening 
I, I feel like we were real close to someone kind of just like turning directly to camera and going, yeah, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, uh, yeah. This, so, this movie had like four Alan Combs in it. If that <laughs> makes any sense to anyone. Um, my, what, so my favorite logical fallacy was the, the one that Cam brought up about uh, like 95% of concussions being uh, non-fighting. Idiots um, fighting, with, 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 fighting sliding bar graph. With, without <laughs> mentioning that uh, not even close to 5% of the action on in hockey games is fighting. <laughs> so maybe if you scale that to like amount of time of fighting versus amount of time of hockey playing, uh, and then you show me some statistics that uh <laughs> that prove your uh very <laughs> cherry picked point uh maybe I'll believe it but yeah that's pretty tough the this movie had a bunch of like like shreds of arguments that I can understand you know blaming pads is not right but I do understand like pads protecting the attacking player can make them feel more at will to put their body at risk and therefore then hurt other people like that is a piece of an argument that I can I can buy into. That is not. Therefore, we should have these big, <laughs> big guys beat the fuck out of everyone else. Absolutely, and shoulder pads are primarily there to keep people from breaking their shoulders when they get hit into the boards. Yes, uh, something that happens far more often than uh, cheap shouting somebody in the head with your shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that happens like. 50 times a game and then somebody getting cheap shot in the head with a shoulder pad happens like once every month or so also you know who also cheap shots people the fucking enforcers (laughs) exactly that is never once mentioned in this entire film that the people that they're there to protect is against themselves it's the only ones they have to protect from (laughs) it's a tragedy really Uh, it's just a cyclical tragedy how do we solve this problem? <laughs> it's the Eric Andre meme of like, oh, I wonder who did that, you know? We're all looking for the guy who did this. <laughs> they, they, they get you to with that. We talked about this on the most recent episode of Ballot, but the, um, the role that a uh, an inconsistent soundtrack can play. And like the, the pseudo like, from the climax of a Mike Mills film soundtrack that comes in over two oh, guys yeah. just fucking battering each other in the face. It's like, Actually, you know, this I'm is like, good and fun. <laughs> I would look away for a second and and like hear it and be like, oh, okay, like I, I, the emotion is welling up. Like I feel compelled about the narrative. And I'd look back and it'd just be the dude with the fucking chain around his head. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very confusing. I, I so to to bring this back a little bit, I would have been super intrigued by a legitimate documentary about this topic. Yeah. Because which which do exist. <laughs> yeah. Um because I think the role of an enforcer is one of the most unique positions in American sports where most of the other like planned violence of all the other sports has been completely phased out and this is so atypical for a mainstream sport. And, you know, what, you know, what are the effects on the actual enforcers themselves? A lot of them are like, is it 
I was violent and therefore I became an enforcer or I wanted to be a professional hockey player and therefore I know I had to be an enforcer to continue my livelihood. Those things, those questions I was very intrigued by and I feel like we're almost touched upon. And I think, Drew, I don't, I don't want to like speak for you, but I, I think that is what you might have liked the most about this is when they actually brought up the questions that were genuinely like concerned with why enforcers exist and what happens to the players that become enforcers. Mm-hmm. I want to jump in uh, with a part like kind of similar to that. I think one of the things that they really hit on, which was right at the beginning for a second, was like comparing why does this happen in hockey and not in football or in rugby? Like that's a very legitimate and good question. If they had taken more time diving into that, I think at the end of the day, it would have revealed something that would have been against oh boy, what their yeah, whole thesis statement for the documentary was, which is why they kind of skimmed over it. But um, like those are the type of questions that I think could be pursued in a documentary and would be really interesting. Yeah, uh, there's there's definitely a, a racial a- aspect to that as well, where basketball players don't have the privilege to to be able to f- fight each other on the court. Like it's it's happened and but it's dealt with swiftly and in a very different way than it is in hockey. You want to um, watch a doc? <laughs> the, Malice, uh, the Palace doc yeah. just came out. Pretty great, good. Great. It ties up pretty nicely with this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, to dive in a completely different direction before we throw it to Drew, uh, the thing that I found most worrisome about uh, this documentary very immediately is that all the interviews were taken at San Diego Gulls games at the the sports arena. I think probably just ripped off of like a local news station who was interviewing people about fighting when it was hot in the news is my guess. Literally literally every single in-person interview with somebody who is not a hockey player is at a San Diego Gulls game. (laughs) All right, Drew. Just kidding. Shut the fuck up, Drew. We don't care. No. <laughs> I'm just trying to unmute my mic, but I was unmuted. I mean, I was muted on the call. Um, all right. So, Chris, you'll be surprised. I made notes for this. Um, oh, wow. For Drew, the Drew, podcast Drew in general. Drew famously, this is the first time Drew's uh, ever um, made notes. Doesn't to, do Ice Guardians. To, uh, well, no, it wasn't just Ice Guardians. It was uh, all the movies. Well, almost all the movies. So, for... I ranked them for myself. For Miracle, the note was duh. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, For Slapshot, there's some uh, notes. One thing I didn't talk about was uh, the goalie, Dennis Lemieux, the character, uh, teaching me the rules of hockey. The opening to that movie is unbelievable. That that was a transition that I would have made if we had gone straight from Miracle to Slapshot because we were talking about accessible movies. Talk about an accessible opening scene. He teaches you all yeah. the rules of hockey. Unbelievable. Um, I think uh, Indian Horse, I had a bunch of notes. Um, Ice Guardian, I had notes going in, um, and then I just made more um, <laughs> based on what I was hearing. Uh, Goon, I had no notes. That wasn't worthy. Um, so turning to Ice Guardians in my defense. So, Yes, it takes the stance of it being very, like, you need an enforcer, you need a quote-unquote goon. I like how they dedicated so much time to, uh, like, don't call it a goon. Don't call us goons. (laughs) And I think that was a direct response to that awful movie that was made. 
entitled goon. And then they put uh, a box hey, Jay Bar- 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 <laughs> podcast. Um, it's a documentary. It might as well have been a podcast. So uh, everything's a podcast. So I think the enforcer role, just as you know, you're the fighter, you're the hitter, blah blah blah. That's obsolete in hockey now. There's been a huge revolution in the sport in the past few years, maybe over the course of the past decade, but it feels like the past five years, especially, has been really rapid of phasing that kind of role out of the sport. um, Where if you don't like, I feel like before, if you you didn't have any hockey skill. You could still make a team fighting. That's not the case anymore. Um, so, Zach, you kind of you kind of hit it for me. Like I, I, they start those arguments. You said like there's shreds of an argument there, um, and I agree with a lot. Like I feel like I agree with all of the arguments halfway there, where mm-hmm. it was also made during a time. <clears throat> Like you guys mentioned, you know, like a propaganda film. It's it's made during a time when fighting was really being questioned in hockey as to where it was only fans and players being for fighting, staying in, and kind of like these outsiders and the league itself from like different standpoints. Outsiders not understanding the history of it in the game and why it's there. Um, and then the league kind of being like, oh, no, this is a, a big fine coming our way. This is big legal fees coming our way. We need to get this out quick. Um, I think fighting has a very uh, – I, I think – I mean, they point to, you know, the first indoor game having a fight in it. While it doesn't have anything to do with, like, another player having a dirty play and they were literally fighting, like, regular people who just wanted to skate around the ice – guys what the fuck man (laughs) the game was taking too long and they got mad and it just turned into a i think that's amazing how that's translated into oh yeah all right you make a dirty play i can fight you because we fought off the hearts of the documentary about that there was uh, i i made a documentary about that i did for 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 college for uh my in my junior year media class i made a uh three minute documentary about fighting in hockey which is the appropriate uh, amount of time for- <laughs> I, I, I don't know i think you gotta land somewhere between my length and the length of it like 45 minutes would have been fine. Minutes, minutes and 108, yeah. yeah yeah 50 minutes would have been good but uh i I do think it does have some good points. I think the adrenaline part it, it is a very important reason why it's also in there. Um, and I think, you know, like to counteract that, it's like you put like speed limits on what players can skate or take the sport off skates. Like that adrenaline factor is always going to be higher um, than other sports. And while that maybe doesn't necessarily mean, oh, that's the perfect excuse for fighting to be in the game. It explains it very well. It explains why that's there. Um, And just that history of it always being there is embedded in the culture of the game. Um, And yes, they do blame it on pads, and especially to you, Cam. Talk to Sean Thornton and fuck off is my note. My (laughs) note is shoulder pads, comma, talk to Sean Thornton, comma, and fuck off. Biggest shoulder Um, pads in the league. Yeah, he literally played with those old school shoulder pads because he argued like, yeah, my role is hitting and this can be dangerous. It should hurt when you hit someone. Um, who was who the uh, one of the Bennett's had tiny little shoulder pads right in the NFL? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it was not, 
Michael not Martella. Yeah, Michael Bennett had like kicker shoulder pads, and his like his like actual shoulders would be sticking out. I feel like his actual shoulders were enough padding. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, who? Oh, Nate, you mentioned the psychologist and how they said like it's the most ethical person in the tribe. Uh, the enforcer is. I think it certainly like makes sense that it's the most respected which was part of the argument. But yeah, maybe the most ethical is a little much because it's like <laughs> violence, fire with fire, like, you know, which maybe isn't always the best approach. But um, yeah, I think there was about, an argument there that, you know, they're the most respected for a reason. If, if we're talking about current enforcers, like Tom Wilson uh, is not the most ethical player on the ice. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's, there's a code. Um, well, and, and, and Drew, on that note, I feel like they tried to tie like, the code. Yeah, I feel like they tried to tie it to like, like, like military heroism, like or whatever the word is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like oh, they're they're willing to risk their lives for their brothers out there, and it's like, like they're trying to pull like a band of brothers, like he took the bullet for his comrade type of shit. And it's like, no, they're just beating people senseless on the ice. It's not some like heroic act in in like the purpose of a greater good. Like if you if you eliminate it all again, the only people they're protecting these star players from allegedly is from each other. So if you wipe no. out the position it's not like it has to be there and i i get the argument of like and again I, i've been on the ice and fired up and done shit that i'm not proud of but I, I feel like it's not that hard to create a game and and i think that the most uh prudent point they made was that it is the league's job to enforce it. and if the league enforced it correctly then a lot of this would be gone and the argument that guys are going to do it anyway is just simply not true if you if you suspend somebody for half season or for a full season when they pull some dumb shit, it's not it's gonna stop because teams aren't gonna waste yeah. money and roster spots on that. So the argument oh, yeah. that it has to be policed by these big bad macho guys who are willing to sacrifice their bodies in purpose of a greater good is just a completely invalid argument. Right. The argument that we can't police it as like the people who actually police shit is usually a bullshit argument for sustaining it. Like that in and of itself, in, in pretty much any medium, that is by no means limited to hockey, right? Like that's just like, well, somebody should do something about this. Like that's a, you know, we want this to keep going thing. I think the thing that like the, the notion of the sort of institutional respect for this position or the psychology of this person really thinking that, that what they're doing is for the greater good of their team or like the way that that's constructed. Or I think what they tiptoed up on that I was really interested in and was very disappointed that it got an eighth of the time that they spent on that fucking 95-5 graphics <laughs> was the like, uh, I can't, it might've been Kevin Westergaard talking about like the, the like, yeah, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't have like a, an attraction to violence as a thing. Like that was a really interesting moment that was totally. like, yeah, great. I'm not like, I'm so interested in talking about that and talking about how that bleeds over into your life outside. It talking about like why those people are so respected in those circles within the game and why their teammates really respect them and what the psychology is of going. And that doesn't even need to be from a purely like a, a condemnation of the thing. Like, I think you could do that in a way that as the best documentaries do, maybe makes its case but makes its case with like a uh with a depth to it and not just a and oh yes some people have mentioned cte but like let's let's redirect you know like that that's what threw me out of it i think that there were so many moments that it got so it, it either tiptoed up to the edge of the the point 
or it went past it and it was like you're there you're there and we keep going and we keep going and then we kind of lost where it was and that was like but the the core themes that came up i thought were really interesting yeah so my my favorite hockey fight that i that i will watch occasionally um is former bruins defenseman adam mcquade fighting rafi torres i think at that time of the arizona coyotes um basically the play that takes place is that rafi torres a forward for the coyotes uh goes into the corner while bruins defenseman adam ference uh fishes the puck out of the corner and he goes in and he like very clearly like sets himself up for like a hard turn straight into his head with his shoulder pad. And like, as soon as that happens, Adam McQuaid rushes across the ice, just absolutely slams Rafi Torres into the boards. They both drop their gloves and Adam McQuaid just beats the absolute shit out of Rafi Torres. The reason why this is my favorite is because Rafi Torres is a notorious piece of shit who can't do anything in hockey except cheap shots. Like he wasn't even like a, notoriously good fighter he was never Mm -hmm. a scorer he was just a guy who was a very dirty player who uh was dangerous on the ice and made other teams uncomfortable and removing that role from the game is a way to prevent the necessity for fighting so the my favorite nhl fight could have not existed if players like rafi torres didn't exist so the, the there are these just false premises throughout this entire documentary that just kind of support the reason for something that doesn't need to exist. I I also thought they didn't even delve deep enough into the human interest part of it. They had all this access to these incredible old hockey players and like what motivated them and it just felt like kind of rote interviews. You know, it ended on this incredible quote. I forget what it was. Is like, if you regret it, would you do it again? Like, basically, all of them said, "Yeah, absolutely." And the the last guy got like super choked up. I forget who it was. He goes, "Yeah, I think with a little bit more fire." You know, yeah. and like it's it's a really great quote, and and it kind of goes to his mindset. And I was kind of disappointed by the fact that they had all this access and they just didn't do shit with it. It's you an know? hour forty eight documentary that's just like a bunch of like random bullshit and then like ends with this really emotional moment that is not set up at all yeah (laughs) it's very jarring yeah i think it uh, in terms of the argument that it shouldn't be needed because the argument is it's needed because of all those cheap shots that happen i think uh, like i had been saying like this it came, this documentary came out at a time where it was really, or I suppose it was made, it came out in 2016, but you know, you assume it was being made, you know, 2014, 2015. Yeah. It was being made for at least two weeks before that. <laughs> um, uh, so I think that you go to all those San Diego games. it it felt like like desperation on behalf of people who were like no fighting is actually playing a role in the game like hey no no no, we gotta get this out like we get like there are like some necessities there and i think there are necessities because the league isn't doing things like suspending players for half the season uh when a clear cheap shot occurs where i understand you can't like enforce intent but you can kind of see there's intent in the action there to hit a guy from behind or 
injure someone. Um, this will come up in the in the game that we're about to play with Nate, but there's a certain person who has a certain amount of power that he's not enacting. Um, let's just say that. I just think that it it, it it goes back to kind of what you said, Zach, with my liking of this film where it's like I'm halfway there on all of the arguments, basically. Like, I understand where they're coming from, and I think they do hit the nail on the head in some aspects. I then think they go a little bit over the top, and it becomes focused around these players who can't play hockey should still be able to play hockey because, like, blah, blah, blah. I think it should be more like, yo, this is why fighting is in the game. And I think it's understandable why it is there. I think they do a good point in showing that. Um, and yeah, I, I do indoctrinated me. I, I, <laughs> it, but in terms of it, like gaslighting, like I can see that um, <laughs> because it goes over the top and is like, yo, it needs to be a part of the game. Yeah, you little um, fucking wuss. This I is think, why this needs to be part of the game. I, I think it, it, I think a good point they made too was like players want it in the game. And my ultimate opinion in anything that doesn't directly affect me is whoever it directly affects most should have the say in what we do with it. And if 90 plus percent of the players are like, I feel like this should be in the game then you're the ones playing it and you're the so ones I putting that risk. Also like, think that's kind yeah, of but a that's, premise because yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say arguing that fighting can exist in hockey is not the same as arguing that there needs to be a role for these enforcers. Like I agree that there are some no, I, just I, fights. I and I think a situation like, like Chris brought up earlier where like, like I've been on the ice where somebody runs my goalie and you know what I mean? I'm not going to like, argue that that's a, a giveaway to like, you know, a, f- a free ticket to beat somebody's face in, but I understand the the passion and especially at those speeds, like things we talked about earlier, where it's more likely to boil over. And, and I think there are acceptable uses of fighting, but I think, you know, the, there's a separate argument to be made there versus the role of enforcers whose sole purpose is to just fucking beat people and that they somehow deserve a spot in, and are owed a spot in the league uh, rather than having to earn it. Like everybody else who's actually good at hockey. I just yes. want to say that's part of the reason I'm partway there is I don't think that needs to be a role where you're just beating people up, but I do think still it has its place in the game for a reason. I, I also just have a problem with the like hockey players say enforcers should be there so that enforcers should be there because uh, I mean, especially going through all the like COVID bullshit, like hockey players don't know what's best for them. <laughs> it's a, a bunch of like people with high school educations who know nothing more than like being indoctrinated into this toxic ho- hockey culture. Right. So uh, I don't, I, I think that's giving a little autonomy away from the players themselves. Like I, I'm sh- so that's why there's a, a players association and yeah. everything like the, the, this exists there. There is a venue. I, I don't think we can sit discourse. there and say, I, I, I can't sit here and say I know better than hockey players. You know? oh, no, sure. but I think, but I think conversely, you can't just say if you've never been a locked totally. in a locker I, I, room, you hundred percent agree, right? hundred percent agree. Yeah, the 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 media section of the documentary that trying shit to was. trying <laughs> yeah. to say that like, yeah. people who people who watch hockey like, news, bro. every yeah. day of their lives for their profession don't understand the game because they've never been on the ice. Like that's also another false premise. 
I, I um, think the whole European like, argument too, where it's like guys who are over there say it's way dirtier. It's like, well, you just cherry picked a couple people who said that. Like that's just not North yeah, American hockey is I, so much more I, violent than than European hockey. Let's just. I do think those hits do actually happen more? But I wish it, it maybe maybe they don't if they didn't take the time to dive into it and really find like concrete sources on that. But I have a feeling like if there are, then that's a very very solid argument. Like if they're are statistics out there that show, hey, there are more of these kind of hits say, prove it, in man. these leagues. Exactly. Yeah, it, I would like it, to see it. It can, it can be verified. You know, they, like, go and say how many suspendable hits, how many, uh, how many hits well, have caused injuries. Like, those, see, this isn't like Corsi, though. This is like, you got to, like, what is suspendable? And if you ask yeah. the NHL, almost nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, but the, and that's the thing. The league, my argument is always that the league needs to suspend harder, and then these will happen no, less, no, and then fighting will. No, but, but I'm saying, like, if you're if you're talking about Euro leagues, and the idea is that the Euro leagues are uh, are more against fighting and more against like hitting, then they should suspend more for hits. I feel like there's a logical uh, line of thought there. Yeah, I like the uh, international hockey federations rule on that, which is where whenever there is an incident of uh, like they go uh, to the Hague. With the, the head being, <laughs> if there's ever an instance with the head being the main point of contact in a hit, it's automatically a penalty, whether or not it was an accident. And then they go from there and it gets much more serious with suspensions. Um, I, I That's where I want the NHL to be on it. But I don't yeah. think they'll get there because who they have judging these things. Yes. Are okay. Those Good transition because we're gonna play a game with Nate. Hold on. Hold on. I want to. I want to do two. <laughs> you I need fucking asshole. You fucking piece of shit. You fucking piece of shit. I'm listening to the fucking song. <laughs> uh, my last two things are I. I think it's really difficult because there isn't a clear solution to this and it's going to have to be worked on and it's going to take a lot of iterations and it's not going to be perfect. And it's going to piss a lot of people off. And the people that are pissed off in this documentary are the ones that are making it. And that's why they made this documentary. The second thing is that's not a really good reason to make a documentary. You, <laughs> you, you can't go into something with this thesis already there um, for a, what is purported as an investigative piece on the enforcer role in hockey. I would have loved that documentary. That's not what we got. We got a, someone coming in with a mindset, trying to prove something through this documentary. And that's where I feel like ultimately that is the core issue that poisons every part of this documentary. For me. All right. Uh, I'm texting cam because cam is dying right now uh, that we're getting into the awards. The Brisbane Birds podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. Hockey is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win hundreds of dollars in free bets if either team scores a goal. It doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a depth deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net bets you a big win. 
with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Word restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBER. All right. Right before this, though, we're going to play a little game with Nate. Uh, Nate, famously the least hockey person on the podcast. Uh, so we're going to play a game that kind of harkens back to an old game that we used to play on on ballot uh, called Gaps in Knowledge Game. But this is called Good Hockey or Bad Hockey, <laughs> where Nate has to determine if something that happened in one of these movies is good hockey or bad hockey. I will say, and, just to give credit where credit's due, that the inception of this game comes from a game that I play with my wife, Ivy, who is a therapist, called Good Therapy or Bad Therapy, where whenever <laughs> we see therapy in a film or TV show, I turn to her and I go, good therapy or bad therapy? And so, sometimes she responds with, it's good or bad, and sometimes she responds, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've just asked it out of the blue in the middle of a TV show, so... Uh, so, yeah, so that's what this uh, comes in, in this game, good hockey could refer to uh, hockey that is being portrayed well on film, um, hockey that would happen in real life. It's, it's a little fluid, but for the most part, I think you'll, you'll catch on. Um, we'll start with the, the good transition here. Uh, George Peros being in Ice Guardians, the guy with the, uh, with the bar mustache. mustache uh george peros good hockey or bad hockey uh the handlebar mustache feels like a strong lean towards good you asking it feels like a trap question so i'm saying bad hockey bad hockey uh george peros is the head of the department of player safety who we complained about the suspension (laughs) he's the one who has the final word on suspensions uh, so I when feel... he says when he says somebody should do something about this, yeah, he's the hot dog. Um, um, I, I have one uh, just to jump in. Sean Thornton, good hockey or bad hockey? Oh, don't even know who that is. So guess. bad hockey. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, he's good hockey. He was one Shit. of the good enforcers. God damn it! I did, uh, yes, he was one of the good guys, Chris. He <laughs> he bled black and gold. Shut the fuck up, Sean Thornton, the guy legend. Famously punched. Brooks Orpik while he was on the ice with a gloved hand. Good hockey. Yes, <laughs> and also fighting Matt Cook after no one fought him. When he Sabarka. did some good things, he did some bad things. Um, yeah, it's a washout. Right. Complex hockey. In, uh, in Indian hockey, Horse. Yes, yes. In, in, nuanced hockey. Uh, in, in Indian Horse, uh, Saul hangs his shoes from the crossbar in order to practice good hockey or bad hockey. So that reminds me of one of the few things I know about hockey, which not because I think it's actually the same thing, but because crossbar reminds me of, uh, so I'm going to say it's related to trickle, triple D glove side. And I'm going to say good hockey. So it is good hockey. Uh, yeah. You, you want to pick the corners. Uh, so he was using that for good practice. That's good stuff. Um, spin moves, good hockey or bad hockey. They look cool. I don't think they're good hockey. Correct. Bad hockey. Uh, right. I, for some reason, in all of these movies, it has people uh, doing spin moves well, that... and then maintaining possession of the puck. I would say, like, the most common use of a spin move in, in real hockey is to, like, spin off of a hit. And usually it's after yep. you've passed the puck. 
So it's I'm gonna good. I'm gonna butt in here and say mostly bad hockey, but there are situations where spin moves haven't pulled off, and it's it's sick. But it's oh, very yeah, dope as hell. I'm gonna say very like, very rare ho- good hockey, like and certainly exaggerated. I think I think it, 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 yeah, it's it's not impossible. It does happen, but it's 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 a extremely high skill move that is grossly over exaggerated in film for I think yeah, they they use it. They use it in the film in like the most inappropriate ways and also unrealistic because realistically yeah, it would kind of stands stop there. Yeah. Of momentum going forward. Like it's not like you can cut and then continue that full speed going in that direction and still beat both defensemen and a forward who's back checking. Like if you do a spin move, you're past that one guy and then you got three more on you. Like you're still in a <laughs> shit situation after it never works. And well, you have no speed left. So you're just where it actually works. Up, yeah. so. Based on my understanding of Indian horse, it's a superpower. And if you spit move, you immediately <laughs> like buy racism. You've seen it <laughs> turn around before. Yeah. Uh, if I know anything about hockey, it's you want to turn your back to your opponent as much as possible. <laughs> it's like basketball. You got to box them out, you know, yeah. like slowly as you get towards the net. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, stacking the pads. This is when a, a goalie will kind of slide and uh, put their pads like on top of each other to block a shot. Good hockey or bad hockey? I'm saying bad hockey because I feel like it limits you to only blocking in one area and then someone, had they been practicing with their skates in the corners, could aim somewhere else. Yeah, so uh, I I agree with your assessment. I will give you a point there. I would have given you a point if you had said either good or bad hockey because (laughs) uh, in Miracle where it's it's portrayed, uh, that that would have been how they did that. Um, In Indian Horse, Saul scores the game winner in his first game with the Moose. He goes five hole. The goalie's late getting into the butterfly. Good hockey or bad hockey by that goalie? I understood. Seven of the words you just said were going with good and hockey. Most of them were butterfly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, would have ex- I would have accepted either also for the same reason, but in 1960, uh, a goalie going into the butterfly, uh, not a thing. Uh, that, that goalie would have been stacking the pads. That was not invented yet. He would have been so, standing and kind of flailing in some direction. So, See so the lack is, of a face mask it's, argument it's for the reason You're walking across the street and you see a car coming and you like pretend to fast walk across the street. That's that's exactly what <laughs> when the puck was low. <laughs> for the purposes of this podcast, it's bad hockey. Um, right. Foil on your knuckles. Good hockey oh, or bad hockey? Great hockey. Great, you gotta you gotta foil the you gotta put on the foil before every game. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, calling the goaltender's wife gay slurs. Bad <laughs> hockey. Bad form writ large. I'm I I would I would present the hot take that I'm opposed to calling anyone gay slurs. <laughs> correct. Uh, actually, suspendable in the NHL. Uh, Great. In, I, I think since 2017. I was going to say, this, wow, way too, way too recently. <laughs> Just a few years after helmets. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Ice Guardians came out, and I think we know, like, you know, the we, we changes it had, <laughs> unintended changes it had on the game. Uh, let's go with exercise as a punishment. Good hockey or bad hockey? Well, the thing is, I'm old school, and so we were just built different back then, so good hockey. 
Yes. Uh, Good hockey yeah. if you're playing Russians, because as we learned from Rocky <laughs> Four, and it's 19 montages, the only way you're going to beat the Russians is by exercise. I was going to say, as as we learned from Remember the Titans, hockey's for quitters. So, or hockey's for quitters. Uh, water's for quitters. Hockey is for quitters. And that is the thesis statement the of the thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, and then I guess for the last one, uh, submarine hits. The hits where a player kind of ducks down and hits players on their thighs. Good hockey or bad hockey? You, really think about this one, Nate. Really are think about saying, this. Are we saying effective hockey or good, like like good morally speaking? We're saying good. that is up to you. The game hasn't changed. It's been the same game the whole time. Effective or ineffective, good or bad. I feel like I came out so hard against Ice Guardians that I have to say bad hockey on this. It is bad hockey. It is very illegal. Uh, and uh, happens in, I think, every one of these movies and is not called as a penalty. Uh, and, and would be something that immediately gets you hit by an ice guardian. <laughs> uh, right. Except if you're Brad Marsham, where you'll submarine someone and then submarine the guy who comes and hits yeah. you after. Thank yeah, you I, for playing uh, good hockey or bad what, hockey. Nate, you I scored 1,300. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. Yeah. You have time I've, to add I've to your won, point I've total. That was 1,300. Go, Drew, go, Drew, go ahead. What was it like? Buffalo turd as a uh, ice hockey puck. I was going to say good hockey because it's I draw the equivalence between that to uh, like people dribbling on, and like shooting on a backboard that's what? dented. You learn with what you got and you throw out the horse hockey. hockey. Was it yeah. buffalo or cow or horse or? I think it was horse. It, it was, was horse. I think it was okay. horse turd. Yeah, it was something that was heavier than a puck. He made the point that it was yes. heavier it than horse shit. It was, it was quite the turd. It was, yeah. it was yeah. <laughs> uh, a large animal. Yeah, uh, Nate. Uh, good hockey, bad hockey. Uh, blocking multiple point blank slap shots with your face. Uh, good hockey because you got to get the job done. Correct. Yeah, that is absolutely is. correct. Uh, Nate, you scored thirteen hundred and two points. Hell yeah! Uh, the passing... I, I'm curious in what the grading was to get those last two for two points. The passing score was twelve fifty. Congratulations, you've Thanks. passed uh, good hockey or bad hockey. Um, now to get into our final segment, the awards uh, on ballot. We always hand out awards at the end of our podcasts and uh, hand them to the person in each film who most embodies each of these. And I'll kind of explain them as we go along. Um, so we'll start with the Rebecca Pigeon Award for the worst accent work in any of these films. Uh, Cam, why don't you lead us off? Oh, man. Uh <sighs> You may have to come back to me on that one. I'm not yeah, having too much that stick to out. Um, that you had this written down. I, I Nate, like go Nate ahead. Has one. No, I did not have it written down, no. So I, I, I need to caveat this by saying that uh, this performance, I think, is brilliant. Oh, God. I, oh, no. I dearly oh, no. love oh, no. Oh, I dearly love this movie. I God dearly love this performance in it. And Kurt Russell in Miracles, <laughs> specifically in the speech in the locker room where he goes, Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and just 
flips a gear with that accent. I'm giving. He goes into up. Chicago from Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> an Irishman in Chicago <laughs> in 1912. All right, Drew, do you have one for this? Um, I no, but I'm trying to think of one on the spot. All right, Zach, go ahead. It's 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 also Kurt Russell. It. it <laughs> It's it's good until it's bad. I disagree. I think he's really good in this movie, and I think his accent is mostly good. I, I think so. I think one of the things is like spending time listening to hockey podcasts and people who actually sound like that. Like that's a real thing. It's it's like he's not doing a caricature. It really fucking sounds like that. Um, it's I don't think it's as bad as you guys think it is. Um, what is really bad is Jay Baruchel trying to yes. do a Boston accent. <laughs> that's my that's good. my number two. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I have Jay Baruchel for other awards. Oh, hey, he's not exempt from other awards just because he won this one. Uh, Drew, you ready? For worst worst accent work. I mean, you can piggyback. Oh, on this. oh, oh! I was hoping we skip by that. Uh, let's I mean, see. We can, we can um, skip it. I don't care. Good. So how, how, about this, how about this? We go through our words, and if you have one that you really want to chime in. There's many in. that I do have ideas for. That one, all I could think of was the goalie in Slapshot, and he did a, he did a good job. Like, in my Yeah, job, I mean, he, he was an actual, yeah. like, French-Canadian. Exactly. Like, he did amazing. Like, it was, it was almost as if he was French. Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> like, wow. What a, he should be the one that's, like, just the best actor. So this one, this one is a, a a favorite of mine. Uh, the James Woods piece of shit award, um, <laughs> given out to the biggest piece of shit in our uh, in our round. Uh, um, can I start? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have the residential school system of Canada. Yep, that's mine as well. <laughs> I I had a subsidiary of that, which was Hot Dario. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's specifically the uh, the sister or the lady. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because like I'm like, like I'm agnostic. <laughs> somewhere, I'm hovering somewhere between. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. That, yeah, that's exactly why. Uh, I rest my case. No, uh, I think not to go down like this rabbit hole, but I'm somewhere between atheist and agnostic and I don't like, you know, shitting on religions or anything like, you know, you believe what you believe like that. You have the freedom to do that. That's fine. But like, that's the kind of person that makes me want to shit on that religion. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, the, like it perfect, not, not that any of them are like good, but like, that's totally the stereotypical thing that makes like that, that would trigger me to be like, fuck off yeah. <laughs> with that bullshit. Um, but yeah, no, a total agreement. Also worth noting that was not just Canada. There was some of that in Northern United States as a part of like the culture yeah. being kind of like just yeah. crossing the border, but it was mostly Canada. Good, Not good, that yeah. that's an excuse, but, also, but it I mean, was mostly yeah, Canada. Right. And also like many iterations of assimilationist mm. government policy. Yeah. Oh, of course, you know, of like, course. Lots of manifestations of that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, not, there's, this there's, is certainly you know, not a, yeah, fuck you, yeah. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who <laughs> treated their We really nailed our handling of the first nations. Cam, you got anything to add? 
Uh, nothing groundbreaking, honestly. I think you guys kind of there's a pretty obvious winner here. So, uh, yeah, one of the few uh, times that Canada's taken a big fat L. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the other one I had was the editor of Ice Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> Just everyone in Ice Guardians, honestly. Uh, uh, Bobby Hull definitely a a real piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Is that is that um, the swastika guy? So, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the uh, Hitler had some good ideas. He just went yeah, too far. He uh he definitely and then he tried to <laughs> he had a, a very bad attempt to walk that back. Um, I have a nominee for Ice Guardian, but I'll save it for one of these other awards that I've pulled up in our text group. <laughs> all right, cool. This is my only preparation for this segment. Did Drew being prepared for something at all is something I wasn't expecting. So. Yeah, no, I yeah, it was a it was a slow day at work today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's let's go to the uh, Bob Odenkirk Award, uh, so named for Bob Odenkirk, who showed up very late in a couple of our favorite films. Uh, and basically it's for an actor or person in, in my case, who showed up kind of late in a movie that I wasn't necessarily expecting to see. And I went, Oh, look, it's this person. Um, and for me, that was uh, Nick Ritchie, AKA big fudge in ice guardians, uh, a, a former Bruins player who's just kind of in the background in one of those things. Uh, <laughs> otherwise I didn't have a whole lot there. I think uh, I I don't know the actor's name at all, but the uh, coach of the uh, like the Toronto team towards the end of Indian Horse, um, he plays a character oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. The Walking Dead, which is uh, why I really recognized oh, him. And I didn't yeah. know he plays the governor in the in The Walking Dead, and I didn't oh, realize is it what like, Martin Martin Donovan? Yeah. I, I didn't realize what I recognized him from when I first saw it, but I was like, that's a guy. That's totally a guy. And I had that one award in mind and like just like knew that's who I was going to nominate. I don't know his name still, so maybe he's not very notable. But uh, Famously of Tenet. No, it's not Martin Donovan, but that is no? a good one. No, no, Martin Donovan, yeah, is is uh, a guy, but what is that <laughs> his name? I'm no, sure that's that person somewhere in the world. Martin Donovan <laughs> exists. This is a good one, though, Drew. Hell yeah. I feel proud. I yeah, feel like, great, I, great I, you know, I'm not a movie guy. So, like, it's a good point. In my impact. <laughs> <laughs> also, by nominating Ice Guardians, I think I made it quite the impact. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the, it's the movie we talk about the most by a pretty significant margin, I think. Yeah. Um, Cam has exited, uh, so if you don't hear his voice for a while, it'll be like normal. Um, Cam is rarely here. Um, Shots at Cam? Zach, do you want to give us your Odenkirk? I actually didn't have one this round. Okay. Uh, no one no one popped out super late for me that I, I recognized. Um, I'm, I'm sure if I was more well-versed in hockey like you both were, I could have... Pick someone out who's like out a player segment got spliced in that like the you know 85 minute mark well so so nick richie's kind of like uh he last year two years ago he was like our punching bag where it, it seemed like a bad signing and then last year he came out and like played the first half of the season really well and then we we had a whole episode where we read our mean tweets about nick richie and apologized to him and he's just like a very funny looking and funny human <laughs> we, being we, we did make it, fun of how he looked which is i felt very bad about yeah, and i think but, I uh, most of that but seeing but. him in the uh, san diego gulls locker room uh in one of the random ass scenes was pretty funny for me 
Um, Nate, do you have an Odenkirk? I also didn't really have an Odenkirk. I think Martin Donovan is a good is a good pull for that, but uh, I didn't I didn't really have. Did one we determine that it was Martin? Was it not, wasn't it not Martin Donovan? It's not Martin. It's, no, no. So Martin Donovan is in it and is a good Odenkirk. I don't know that that's who you were talking about, but he is in that. The, the coach of the Toronto team, where he's like, "Come into my house, look at all these pictures of my great success." Oh yeah, that is that is Martin Donovan. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, oh, that's a, oh, yeah. the, the kind of creepy but like decent but also awful character in the movie. Yeah, yeah. There, there something hit all the bases. It was great. Yeah, there is something I forgot to mention about Indian Horse is that the fear of the number thirteen is more of a plot device <laughs> than I was expecting. <laughs> Very weird. It, uh, it's, it's a strange, strange movie. This is great because that really, that really tripped me up. He's like, the guy's like, oh, I got it. gave you a thirteen because it's good luck, and I was like, no. <laughs> All right, so we have our uh, Frank Booth very chill guy award uh, renamed on our last episode for the character Frank Booth from Blue Velvet, who famously calls everybody a fucking piece of shit and tells them not to look at him. Um, don't you fucking look at me. Don't fucking look at me. Piece of shit. Um, Zach, I have a feeling I know who your friend <laughs> is, and it's probably mine as well. Uh, is got? it Scott Parker? It is Scott Parker, the guy who punches trees with chains on his fists. Uh, the other guy, and I forgot who it was, was like, yeah, if I wasn't playing hockey, I'd probably be just beating the shit out of random people. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the other guy that, that really <laughs> tipped the scale for me. I have no idea who that was. was like, ugh. I will yeah, say that's that not great. The argument in Scott's defense, which we found out uh, recently, was that he's now transitioned into being very into sort of the like legalized cannabis as a thing. So he maybe he's mellowed out. So maybe I don't he's know very he's, chill. I don't know. He may be a very chill guy. Um, I had to go with Jay Baruchel in this uh, in both of his appearances, but specifically in his <laughs> goon appearance because boy, is that guy chill. Yeah. Uh, I- I don't think I've ever lost more respect for a person in in a ballot round than than JJ <laughs> yeah, it's, it's and it wasn't tough. high to start with. Let me no, fucking tell so, you. So the last Jay Baruchel movie I watched was pretty recently. I watched uh, This Is the End, and I think he's pretty good at that, like in that playing himself, like a version of himself. But like learning that the version of himself that he plays in that movie is basically himself and not a caricature of himself is pretty yeah. tough. Um. He thought Cam's those were just extended man. Ice Guardian scenes. Yeah. Uh, Cam, do you have a uh, Frank Booth Very Chill Guy Award winner? Um, maybe, like, the what's the, the name of the big bad guy from Goon? Uh, I think he was uh, potentially on there. His sole purpose oh, was just to oh, fucking Liam, murder Liam people. Schreiber, so. Schreiber, yeah. yeah. Oh no no! Uh, uh, no or his uh, dad, Ross Rea. Ross Rea. Uh, the the president or general manager, or whatever the fuck of the team, uh, who was just a, a massive piece of shit. Uh, definitely was qualifying at least on that on that yeah, one. Very chill, uh, Drew. You got one? Yeah, mine is the uh, social media guy for the Ice Guardian Twitter account. Um, literally so i think this is a very chill guy because their twitter account is very modest like it is it is kind of like our brews and bruins account where it's like we kind of give a shit but we don't and it's at the point now that it's been around like this is our like 
Twitter account like four years down the line because now it's the mo- like the documentary's been out long enough that like it doesn't get too much attention anymore. Um, and uh, but basically, they They're that account tweeting. will retweet any literally they'll retweet any time someone mentions the podcast in a positive light like even if you don't at them you can just say like hashtag ice guardians or just ice guardians so they're very chill and like that's the only function of the account besides being like yo we're back on netflix in canada or like some shit Um, a bot shouts to drew uh it's not a bot i don't think it's a bot i really don't because it's not instantly it's like a few hours later yeah that doesn't sound like a bot I think it's like the one of the editors, and they're just <laughs> like, you know, like, like clinging to the success. Dude, this um, is incredible. One of Drew. the first tweets from this is from September twentieth, and this is a retweet that they did of of uh, Mac D. Adeo, who said, "A bit behind, but just watched Ice Guardians. Very much like Goon, it really does give you a completely different perspective on the life of an enforcer." <laughs> really incredible stuff. Wait, 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 wait. Keep, keep they reading. They retweeted me before. Plus, plus, keep reading. You get to see Canadian treasure Jay Baruchel. Highly recommend. <laughs> Haven't seen Goon? Go, period. Watch, period. Now. Exclamation point. Oh my god. See, those are the kind of people that they retweet plus me. There's a couple where I tweeted <laughs> about it and they did retweet me. I just uh, I appreciate oh the work that Zach did going and making a, a fake yeah. <laughs> account so that he could tweet that so that I would find it. Uh, this guy, uh, his name is Mac D Adio, uh, so Mac Daddio. Jesus. <laughs> oh Jesus! I didn't even catch that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, moving on before Nate dies. Uh, let's do the Keith Stanfield Award. It's just going to be us three uh, ballot guys because. There is a Lakeith in here, and it's uh, Paul. It's Paul Newman. Well, it's Jay Baruchel for the for the round, yeah, but ex- excluding uh, Drew and Cam from it. Basically, this award is given to a person who appears in multiple episodes of our podcast. Usually, not the star of the film, if we can avoid it. But um, Nate, who do you have? My guy, M. Emmett Walsh. Yeah, that's mine as well. Yeah, Blood Simple. Yeah. I- I just picked uh, Paul Newman because he was in too many things. I know he's the the lead in this, but he's been in so many of our recent movies that oh. you know. So I had to do it. I said if Nate chose M. Emmett Walsh, I was going to go uh, George Roy Scott, uh, the, the director, director yeah. of three recent uh, ballot films. I yeah. do have uh, something to contribute to this because it's yeah. the characters that come up multiple times in our podcast. And hello, Nick Ritchie. Hey, that is... He has come up multiple times in our yep, podcast, yeah. our other podcast. Yep. Good contribution, Drew. Thank you. I try. I'm, I'm trying to make up for Cam here because I feel very bad that he has a, yeah, Cam's having a lot of internet troubles. He is, this is so, if you live in Maine, you'll understand, or in the area, a Spectrum. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Cam's, Cam's technical issues aren't that bad other than he can't have his video going and he can hear all of us except for Nate. <laughs> the way god intended yeah uh so uh the next would be the dutch boy award for uh the worst plot device 
Cam, um, Cam, give Cam a chance. So named after the Dutch boy device in Geostorm that prevents Geostorms. Uh, <laughs> Cam, what, what do you got here? Uh, just literally anything that was used to justify fighting in pretty much any of these movies. Mine was false premises. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just false premises through and through. Um, especially when you dub those over on Microsoft PowerPoint slides, they make it even worse. But uh, scratching fear across the screen doesn't really quite do it for me as far as uh, intellectual filmmaking goes. Good stuff. I had the same, uh, building off the same thing, it was that the pseudoscience that led that one psychology guy to, to say things like the Enforcer is the most ethical member of the tribe, etc. Uh, I have two that kind of dovetail against each other. I have one that is uh, someone doesn't want to sleep with Paul Newman, uh, and the other <laughs> that is uh, someone actually does want to sleep with Sean William Scott. <laughs> it's Sean William Scott's character. Yeah. I, can see, I can see people wanting to sleep the shot. Uh, Doug the Thug. Um, coming up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drew, do you do you have a Dutch Boy Award? Um, as I recall, there were no Dutch in this in any of these movies. <laughs> uh, um, at least any Dutch boys. Anyway, maybe there were some Dutch girls, but. No, there were no women in any of these. Movies. No, the, just like representation of women in hockey movies tends to be very poor. Uh, yeah, shout out to um, uh, to what? Uh, who's who's the wife in Miracle? Uh, uh, Patricia Clarkson. Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, uh, lovely absolute... actress has literally nothing to work with in that entire. movie. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Uh, she exists solely to give some sort of like drama to. Is this uh, our first episode life. that doesn't? Is this our first episode that doesn't pass the Bechdel test? Yeah, I think, I think it is. <laughs> we should have should have worked in uh, uh, D two the Mighty Ducks. Could have gotten Julie the Cat Gaffney, Classic. Could've gotten Connie Moreau. One of the uh, best movies in the hockey canon that uh, in representing women. I mean, um, although, probably although Julie, still doesn't pass the back. Oh, no, no, no. Julie, Julie the Cat Gaffney doesn't get in the game until the fucking shootout. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good hockey or bad hockey? It's all <laughs> bad hockey in that movie. Uh, and then our last uh, award is the Dom Cobb Award for uh, Worst Name. Uh, so named after the Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio character. Worst is maybe a false pre- like it's not quite worst. It's it's least most, human. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> least worst. human. That's different. Yeah, well, we we go I worst an answer for this, but now it's got, least human. Yeah, see, Cam, I mean, I'm used, wow. I almost said Cam because I'm used to Cam fucking shit up, but Chris gave me the wrong <laughs> definition. Um, so. so I, I, I feel wow. like we usually don't define it as least human, but that is a better way to describe it. Chris, yeah. you sabotaged me. So, so the, the three examples that we usually give for this are Dom Cobb, Mall Cobb from the same <laughs> movie, and Harge Aired from the movie Carol. Well, you're also forgetting Paul Blart uh, uh, Mall that Cobb. we kind of Mall moved Cobb. into. Uh, Paul, Paul, Paul Blart, Blart Mall Mark Cobb. Mall Cobb. <laughs> uh, yeah, Drew, Drew, do you have a, a, a Dom Cobb award winner? 
Well, damn it. For worst name, I was going to say Saul because I get the premise of them naming him Saul. Like it's supposed to be like a Christian name or whatever. But like Saul, like really, that's what you're going with? Like I feel like either go with like the basic James or something like that. Like maybe they're basing it off the book, but like it just constantly reminded me of Better Call Saul. Just constantly. (laughs) Like that's the only – so it just – I, I hated that that was the like Christian name or Catholic name or whatever that they went with. I was I hoping it would be basic or just like, uh, yeah, basic. Yeah. I think I was either on deck to be a Saul or a Seth, and I'm really glad that my mom changed course on that because not not what I would have been psyched yeah. about. Uh Mine is uh, Xavier Laflamme. Yep, <laughs> correct. <laughs> As the uh, hot shot player in Goon, um, who also I think could have done the Rebecca Pigeon. I know he's supposed to be French Canadian, but it just still sounded like a bad so French Canadian. I, I, I think down, he is French Canadian. I, no, I, I know. Him and I looked I, it up, and he's French Canadian. <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah. It still he did feels sound wrong. really bad. I think he's just probably a bad actor. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's been in anything else suitable for a movie like Goon. Um, yeah. Cam, do you have a Dom Cobb for worst least human name? Nope. Cam right. Hasbrook is. is Let's go name. with Nate then. Uh, in Slapshot, number 31 on the team is named LeBrun. <laughs> That's uh, it. L E B R U N. And I thought that was very well, funny. So the- there's a That's there's a, a pretty there's a pretty famous uh hockey writer named Pierre Lebrun. Um it's probably French and probably makes sense, but to me it sounded like someone spelled LeBron wrong and I thought that was great. <laughs> no, I think they it was I was thinking LeBurn wrong, but that, that makes sense. LeBron cool. makes way more sense. I don't know why I was going um, with LeBron. Mine is the closest thing you can possibly get to Dom Cobb without being Dom Cobb, and it's Doug Glatt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a Doug pretty Glatt good mall cob it's, yeah it's a pretty good dom cob uh ogie oglethorpe would yeah, have yeah I, well. I stayed away from that because i thought someone was gonna go for it yeah i was i was gonna mention that as an honorable mention suzanne hanrahan it's a lot of <laughs> anra 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 <laughs> suzanne rahan uh cam i believe is still dead um it would have been the Ogie Oglethorpe. There you go. Yeah. Uh, there's also Dave Killer Carlson in Slapshot. Yeah, he changes but... his name to Killer Midway. George um... Paros. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, now we can uh, go to our F. Gary Gray, uh, so named for um, the director of several movies f gary gray uh it's kind of our fuck mary kill of the movies that we just watched um and also sometimes you can enact the law-abiding citizen clause um which uh is shoot this into the sun (laughs) and i think some of us might be enacting that uh let's start with cam and see if he has anything written down for this cam you got anything for this all right, Nate, you go ahead. All right, um, my uh, just cut out for like half of that, so just just Cam's just like very behind. I think I don't think like okay, yeah, Cam, go ahead. 
I think I think we're doing too much waiting for Cam. <laughs> All right, Nate, go ahead. All right. Uh, my F is Slapshot. Fun. Liked it. It was great. Um, my Gary is Miracle. Would watch that movie always and forever. My Gray is Indian Horse. Um, that could have been great. I mean, could have been well done. Was not. Um, my law-abiding citizen is the propaganda film formerly known as Ice Guardians. Yeah, mine's the same. We don't need to go over mine. Zach, do you have anything different? Uh, ever so slightly. My F is Slapshot, my Gary's Miracle, my Gray's Goon. Um, and then my law-abiding citizen is Ice Guardians. Yep. Drew? Um, movie enjoyed won't most... That movie you enjoyed once, but I'm reading your text, but don't need to. (laughs) It's also in night mode, so it's hard. Um, Which movie would you have sex with, Drew? (laughs) Um, If you said Indian Horse, we're having. I was down for third base with uh, Ice Guardians. (laughs) I think that's an accurate representation of what I liked about the movie. Um, But uh, I think. Indian horse because there were like like I had said like I was down with what they were trying to do with it mm-hmm. um and I think it, it they they did highlight it more than like my common knowledge was of it like I knew that kind yeah. of thing happened especially because it came up like recently but so I, I did gain some knowledge due to it but it's I really wish it was one of those movies that was like I need to watch that again and I'll like appreciate it more. Like there yes. really isn't any more to it that I need to watch. Oh. So I think that that'll go for that movie. I'll go back to tie between miracle and Slapshot. I'll watch those all day. Um, movie. I'm okay. Never watching again is definitely goon. I wish I didn't see it a first time, uh, but also ice guardians. Cause I said, it's like too long. Like, I've seen it a couple times, and one of those was like showing some members of my family, like my cousins and uncles, were all big hockey fans. And it, after an hour, I was like, "Wait, it's this long!" Like, holy shit, are they gonna like? I, I felt like like embarrassed that I was like, "Oh my god, they have to sit through more of this." It keeps going. <laughs> Dude, um, it, it's like when you show someone a YouTube video that oh, you, think, uh, <laughs> you think is like twenty so seconds. Psyched about it, yeah. And then no, no wait, I promise it gets good. It gets better. I promise. Uh if Cam has anything to add, he can speak now. Or forever hold your peace. I I'll probably watch Miracle on a daily basis to the day I die, so that's definitely the one I'm rewatching. Um Yeah, I Goon is probably the one I don't need to ever see again. I I've seen it a couple times now and it's not doing anything new for me. People, um and ice guardians well. I just eat that shit into the sun it's garbage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right this has been i'm glad you loved my recommendation i really appreciate so it i, I, I do appreciate it that is uh, a nice dynamic podcast i'll say i think it was good conversation let it be known that i didn't even know if documentaries qualified 
So I had to ask Chris and then Chris was like, it's encouraged. And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. I'm bringing something new to the lineup. And then it just gets shat on. <laughs> That's okay. It's because Miracle and Slapshot were taken. I was really hoping I could, I could pick Slapshot, but sorry, I cannot take that. Yeah, sorry, sorry for snaking Indian horse so, from you. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God, guys, this movie's on Netflix. Have you ever heard of it? I think it's a Netflix original and it just came out was how it was advertised to me. But no, <laughs> all right well, this uh, two and a half hour episode of, uh, uh, did you just tell me to hold on yeah i just want to know if nate learned anything more about hockey from this episode or, or yeah did uh, you like go backwards somehow no no no, no. this is great I learned, uh, uh cow turds good hockey and and submarining bad hockey i think is what i that's most of what i gathered and also i'm an I'm an idiot for thinking CTE is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my, my real takeaways. Submarining, bad hockey, good nuclear warfare. Um, so this episode, uh, Drew just left. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, the, this episode is over. Uh, congrats on listening to it. Um, I, I hope the crossover works. If it doesn't, then... Uh, I had a great time. Well, I, I'm, I'm really just expecting the, uh, the checks from... Yeah.